Welcome to the Minimalist Business Podcast. I'm your host, Emma Lavelle, and <laughs> I am hoping to get through this recording today without Rita barking or something very dramatic happening outside because we are, I feel like we're always in fiestas. Like every time I send an email or I record a podcast and I have to say, yes, they're having a lot of parties outside. But this is fiestas, fiestas in my village, which means it's like a festival has been constructed around my house. And what people forget about festivals is they think like, oh, yay, music and glitter and face painting. But also there is the morning after. So when I walk Rita, I'm kind of picking my way through um, (laughs) people strewn on the floor. (laughs) recovering or or slightly worse for wear. Uh, But right now it's quiet enough for me to record this, which is very nice. So, so let's go. So this is the first episode of, I would say like me taking my podcast seriously, because I've always enjoyed recording a podcast and communicating with you through audio. But previously my It was maybe number three in terms of things that I felt were very, very important for community building. And probably it was it was because I enjoyed it very much rather than me thinking, okay, this can be an important piece of my business. And I made the decision about a week ago to cut social media out of my marketing completely. And I'm going to record podcast episode about that. Um but it has been amazing so far. And even at the same time, I cut out media, media and the news. And so I've been getting my news from Tortoise, which is a slow media um, application, it's a slow media company. And instead I've been reading books and I've been storming through amazing books about history and about, you know, new ideas and new ways that we can build our world and build our life. And it's just been It's been very, very good so far, so I'll do a longer episode very soon about that. Today I wanted to talk about the idea, the name for this episode is Beyond the Glitter, and it's six concrete examples of coaching, getting you through, life punching you in the face. Because for me, something that we get distracted by or or people can get distracted by with coaching is that they think that life coaching or business coaching is only for people who have very big, glamorous, glittery ambitions. Like, you know, you want to make 500k in six months, or you want to write a book and get it published, so you get coaching through that. And then for anything else, if you're devastated or you have trauma, you have therapy, and there's no in-between. And what I've experienced in the last year is my world has really been rocked in a number of ways, And I think we all have, if you exist in this world, at some point in the last three years, you must have had that realization of, Christ, there is background radiation of stress from the pandemic, from the war, from, God, let's not, I mean, there are so many things, I I won't get started on them, because you know, you have your own list, right? And it's always there. So the ways that my world has been rocked Coaching has taken me through these things in a way that I can I can tell you and I can see 
how much stronger I am on the other side of them. And some of these examples might seem really silly. So one thing that I noticed the other day was I had a conversation with my oldest friend, my one of my favorite people in the world, and she, <laughs> she rented a car for us that I was going to drive, that I did drive in Canada uh, a couple of years ago. And I hadn't driven for, I don't know, a long time. I was really nervous, really stressed, really scared. But I said, okay, I'll do it. And, and we were going to drive. And we did. I don't know why I'm saying we were going to. I did it. But it was, we, we drove from Toronto and we drove through like the vineyards and like wine producing country. Yes, Canada has wine producing country. I was surprised by that too. And we got in the car and I was like, my nervous system was on red alert. And I would say I had my manic face from taking the car to when we arrived at the hotel, the Drake, very lovely place. I'll put a link to it actually, in case you want to see it. God, it was really lovely. But I was so stressed by it and I was shaking the whole time. And my friend's got her wedding in October in New York. And I was able to say to her in this conversation, oh, well, I don't drink anymore. Do you want me, can I be a taxi? Like what I'll do is I'll rent a car and if you need anyone, because she's got friends and family coming from the UK and arriving in New York, and I was like, I'm, I can drive them. Like, I love being the taxi driver now. That's fine for me. And she was obviously surprised because what she had remembered was me being a very, very nervous driver and also uh, like a drinky and white wine, Emma. And the person that I am now is absolutely doesn't even think twice about offering to drive in a different country and knows that she's not going to be drinking because I don't drink alcohol anymore. And it was just, it was really interesting because I hung up the phone and I thought, whoa, that's interesting. That's a development. So coaching is really about being able to take you through these moments, develop the resilience so that you know that whatever the world throws at you, you are going to be okay. Now, it doesn't mean that you're not going to experience pain, but it does mean that you're going to learn how to process that pain, and that is a really different thing. Processing pain is very, very important. Um, and again, I'll go into that more deeply in another episode, because today I want to give you these examples of the not glittery coaching, but actually, why are you gonna do that? You know, Why do you want to learn this? And before we get to them, I also want to kind of highlight the title of the podcast, which is the Minimalist Business Podcast, and why I think a minimalist business is very, very important, and why I'm focusing on this so much now. So even more than my one-to-one -one coaching, it's really about the Minimalist Business School. And I am obsessed. <laughs> I am obsessed with teaching people this, and this is going to be the focus of the podcast rather than just straight self-coaching. Uh, it will be coaching, learning to manage your mind, and then how we relate that to having a minimalist business. Because one of the things that I've discovered while I've been not using social media and not reading regular media is, as I've been reading books like Lost Connections, Johan Hari, um, Utopia for Realists by Rutger Bergman, Bregman, sorry, I always get his name wrong. Not that he's listened to this, that doesn't matter, but still, is that I'm seeing the data to back up what I had experiential knowledge of through my coaching clients. 
one of the statistics that I read, I think it was in, do you know what, it could have been in both books, but one of the statistics of a study that they did of people in many, 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 many different countries is that the average percentage of the people that they interviewed in this study, people who loved their job, was 13%. So I knew anecdotally that people weren't happy in their work and that depression and anxiety is increasing, that it's becoming just enormous amounts of our society are experiencing anxiety and depression. What I didn't know was the statistics and the data behind that. So now I've seen the numbers, I am on a mission. And my way to contribute to that will be to show people this is how you can build a minimalist business and this is the difference it's going to make to your life. It's going to help you to develop freedom, to create freedom. It's going to help you to start taking action on the things that feel overwhelming, whether that's the climate crisis, uh, it's just general dregs of living in a capitalist society. These moments where you feel powerless, we're going to work out, okay, what can you do and how can your business contribute to that? Whether that's the structure of the business itself or it's the free time that you create from having a minimalist business. So that's my soapbox. I shall be climbing on my soapbox fairly frequently in these podcasts. <laughs> um, but yeah, right, so let's get into it. The actual practical applications of coaching. Why do we need them? So first... The kind of, in the Minimalist Business School, which is the program that I've created and that I run, there's like three levels that we go through. And there's like a checklist of how do you know that you've achieved each level and you're moving on to the next one. There's only three. It's not like Scientology with 78 or 120,000. I don't know however many. Um, it's just three. <laughs> uh, I like threes. A big part of minimalist business is breaking things down into three steps and then three steps until you can't break it down any smaller. And then we know we've got something that's actionable and that's actually going to happen. So the third of the three steps that I have is the luminous powerhouse. And I got this idea because, number one, I lived in Manchester for seven years. And Manchester is known as the powerhouse of the north. It is an industrial city. It is solid. You know, it's not a delicate little full of, you know, botanical gardens and hanging flowers. Like, it is solid. Manchester is a solid city. And inside that, it's also bursting and bubbling with creativity and innovation. So my idea with the Luminous Powerhouse is that we are able to create this consistent strong output where we're not, you know, creating something and then allowing it to disintegrate because we've overcomplicated it or because, sorry, Rita has decided to climb under my legs, um, <laughs> which is, makes it quite difficult to use the microphone, but there we go. Okay, all good, all good. Um, so yeah, it's this idea that we're creating something that is putting roots down and it's really having long-term impact on us, on our community and on the world around us. The luminous bit is really important because as you'll also know if you've been in Manchester, it's pretty grey, it's pretty heavy. And we are, when we're building a minimalist business, we're actually fighting hustle culture. And... Fighting doesn't have to be this messy, active thing. You know, it can be, again, it comes back to this idea of the powerhouse. 
The image that I always have is of tree roots kind of pushing up through concrete and it's very slow, it's very insistent and it happens. And this is what we want to do. We want to focus on this, you know, working on our health, mind, body, business. Are you sleeping eight hours a night? Are you sleeping within your chronotype so that you're getting the most benefit from the hours that you're sleeping? And I'm not saying or selling you on the idea that I'll just give you a method and oop, yep, there you go, easy. Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes you just get one idea and things slot into place. But I know for me, sleep is something I struggle with continuously. I have got a very, very um, strong, like the image I've got is like tentacly. I've got a very tentacly workaholic inside my system. And I also have previously, as you'll know, if you've listened to my podcast before, I also have a... <laughs> Uh, hedonist, let's say hedonist, a hedonist who runs away from the workaholic. And those are the two bits inside me. I have this hedonist that's like, fuck the system, I'm going to go party. And then I also have this workaholic of change the system by not sleeping. And the two of them, if I don't manage my mind, one of them will take control. When I manage my mind, I go slow. I prioritize rest, I look after myself, and I'm luminous. I'm a luminous powerhouse. When I'm not looking after myself, I'm either this frantic um, person that can be quite stressful for other people to be around because she has no fear of consequences, she doesn't think about them, because she doesn't think she has any control over the consequences. And then the other person is equally unfun to be around because she's controlling and yeah, really miserable. So, and like a martyr, you know, like if I don't change this, no one will. Then neither of those facets of my personality are ones that I want to be dominant. Whereas the integrated part is the one that's talking to you right now. And she's quite nice to be around. <laughs> so you will also have your different facets that are fighting each other. And we want to be conscious of them not be scared of either of them, but bring balance to them. And one way is through coaching. So examples, examples of coaching tools. So the, the idea that I had for this podcast is when I was having this conversation with said best friend, um, we were doing the kind of life update and I was telling her like, oh, and this thing happened and then this thing happened and then I'm dealing with this thing at the moment. And yeah, it's all really rubbish, honestly. And it's hard. And she said to me, can you coach yourself out of it? And I realized that I could say, well, yes, actually, like there's very specific tools and, and I'm doing it. Now, me 10 years ago would not have coached herself out of anything because she didn't know you could. So my solution back then was avoidance, head in the sand, go out, party, drink white wine, feel bad in the morning. Problem got bigger. Now I can use my coaching tools. So the first thing that, or the first tool that I'll use to give you an example of that is not very glittery, but I have two people close to me, very close to me, who are really sick. One from physical health, one from mental health. And the tool that I've used in this situation is choosing my language carefully. 
Now, all of these tools, I will do individual podcast episodes on them later and also trainings about how to use them inside the society, which is my free community. And But today, I'll just really highlight it briefly. Choosing language is very important because it literally rewires our brain and it changes the feeling. So if I say, I have to, I have to be available for family, then, or for friends, or I have to be available for my customers, my clients, whoever. When we say I have to, there's this like duty and lack of choice in it. Whereas when I flip this and I say I choose, I'm choosing to be available for the people who are close to me right now, that sets up and opens up a whole different set of options. So when I choose to be available, it then allows me to think about, okay, what are the changes I can make so that I'm available? And it's my choice to do that. So it sounds small, but it makes a massive difference. Choosing our language, changing our language to talk about the things in our life. Also overwhelm. So I have moved countries recently in the last two months. And okay, I know both of the countries, but still moving countries is quite big. Um, I have two jobs that I'm doing in, within my business, two separate parts of my business. And it's 40 degrees and it's been 40 degrees for 10 weeks. My brain does not like hot weather. So the result of that, and then, you know, people being close to me, being ill and all these different things, the resulting situation is overwhelm, massive overwhelm. Waking up, opening my eyes, and first thing, thinking about the list of things that I have to do. Before I go to bed, thinking about the list of things that I have to do. So the tool I use for that is journaling and journaling in the morning. Now, sometimes I write by hand, sometimes I type, and sometimes, quite often, I use what I call my hostage therapist, which is the app Otter. And I listen to Otter, I listen to Otter, I don't listen to Otter, I, I open the Otter app, and while I'm walking Rita in the morning, I talk through everything that I'm thinking, everything that I need to do. Whichever of these I use, the result is the same. It's like pouring fresh water over my brain and it just cleans it. It puts the things that I'm kind of holding on to in a safe place and I know I can come back to them later. And that allows me to just pick three things to focus on for the day or sometimes just one thing. The next tool and situation, I got a massive unexpected tax bill. <laughs> like massive for 2021. And again, in the past, my response to that would have been panic. And this time I use the self-coaching model. I teach the self-coaching model inside the Minimalist Business School. I teach it to my coaching clients. I teach it to my friends. I teach it to people who are sat next to me in the cafe and they have a problem. I am obsessed with it. The self-coaching model helps you again, open up doors, look at what you're thinking and find avenues. And through that, I was able to see many different opportunities to increase my income, to pay the tax bill, rather than getting more stressed about it. Another situation, people in my life who were exploiting me a little, or whose energy was very, very draining. Now the tool here is boundaries. Setting boundaries is a skill. It is a tool and a skill. And yeah, I always think of it as I feel like a Jedi. Like when I'm setting a boundary, I'm like, swarm, swarm, you cannot pass. Jedi crossed with Gandalf. Boundaries are amazing. Next situation. 
I got not a puncture in my tire, but a nail in my tire. And again, just had had massive tax bill, lots of things to pay for, lots of things going on in my life. Really didn't have the bandwidth in my very tightly controlled calendar to go and get the tire fixed. And, and in Spanish, if you live in another country, you'll know like there are things that are just little jobs, like maintenance jobs in your first language. And when you're in your second language, you're like, oh God, this is going to be so much work. So the tool that I used was reframing. And instead of thinking like, oh God, why has this happened now? Literally, immediately I thought, my God, I am really lucky that this happened here in the village. Someone spotted it rather than it happening on the road, driving to Madrid in 40 degrees and then having to call the tow people to come and pick me up. That would have been horrific. So yes, I felt very lucky that it happened where it happened. Like genuinely, I genuinely felt lucky. Reframing things is something that I do quite quickly and that's probably one of the first coaching tools that I learned and I started to apply myself. Now the last one, my MacBook. Something bad happened to it and it was just not behaving. And my MacBook, I use it a lot. I do everything on here. I spent, I think, five hours on Friday night on the phone to the amazing Apple technicians and then four and a half hours on the Saturday night, still in 40 degree heat. So <laughs> the tool that I used was self-compassion because while I initially wanted to get annoyed with myself and feel frustrated and stressed, what I actually did was practice self-compassion. This is probably, I don't know, but, well, journaling is one of my favorites. Self-coaching model is one of my favorites. But maybe self-compassion is one of the most powerful tools. And I will talk in another episode about how I use self-compassion to not only stop drinking alcohol, but to feel genuinely like it was a superpower. I'm very, very happy to not drink alcohol. After trying to quit alcohol for various reasons and in different ways and it not working in the past, but using self-compassion was like the... It was a game changer. It really was a game changer. Um, so yeah, if you haven't heard of self-compassion and it just sounds like this wafty, willowy, pointless thing, it is very, very powerful. And there is an amazing book that you can read. But honestly, I didn't even read the book. Like I read the first chapter and then I kind of got distracted. For me, self-compassion is treating yourself and giving yourself the space and the encouragement that you would give a small child. So when something happens that's bad, instead of saying, for God's sake, oh, you always do this, instead you say, oh, wow, that's actually really difficult, isn't it? Okay, how can we work this out? I bet there's another way we can do this. And what it does, just in a nutshell, is it stops your nervous system going into fight or flight, which means it doesn't cut off the thinking part of your brain, and again, like all of these coaching tools, it opens up other options and it opens up other possibilities for you. So thank you very much for staying with me. <laughs> I really, I just, I, I feel very excited and grateful that people listen to this podcast, that you're listening to this podcast, because I love podcasts so much. I know how important the people are who I listen to. So I don't take the fact that you're spending your time with me lightly. 
I would like to invite you to join my free community, The Society, which, well, it's the Minimalist Business Society, but, you know, we're minimalists here, so the fast way is to say The Society. It is a, it's a free community, it's on Mighty Networks, so again, that's part of my commitment to be Zuckerberg free in the virtual world that I'm creating, and, um, yeah, it's just a way that we can connect properly, and there are going to be, there's events there, there's trainings, there's free resources, so if you check the notes for this episode, you'll see a link for how to do that. And I will be back with you. I'll be back with you on Tuesday. My plan is to release these episodes every Tuesday morning. This is just a like, ha I'm ready bonus episode on Friday to introduce it. And, and yeah, I'm very excited about where we're going to go with this. So I will see you next Tuesday. <laughs> I, I know what I just did there. Okay, bye. <laughs>